Oh, welcome to the Defending Your Diva podcast, where we defend our favorite divas to the death, 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 death. I'm David Davila. And I am Danny Hidalgo. And this week is all about your diva, Katy Perry, and her... Is it? Oh, great. <laughs> I mean, know. it's not all about that. Uh, we have a very special guest, uh, Seth Beesenhurst. It is his second time on the podcast. But uh, the first time you're hearing about it, because I am apparently a non-tech person, we recorded a full episode <laughs> that oh, yeah. was supposed, that oh, was supposed to air uh, the third episode, and I completely lost the files on my computer somehow. So Seth is so gracious to join us again, and uh, we're going to lose all of that great combo we had. We, we argued for a good uh, hour and a half, I guess. At least. We'll make up for it. He's back. Totally. He's here to defend Miss Piggy yes. and her decision to dump Kermit the Frog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it sounds silly, but Miss Piggy is a, is a diva of all divas possibly. She's an icon. She's an icon and she has a new TV show out on Disney+. Plus. And uh, uh, we, I want to talk about Disney Plus and, and all of that and the streaming and yes. argue about those things in just a second. But before we do, we have to talk about Miss Katy Perry because she released an album. Indeed. Uh, smile. Smile. Yeah. Everyone knows I'm the Katy Perry stan. You're the Katy Perry stan, but she is, oh man, I don't know if you had the stomach well, to read the reviews. She was ripped Apart. Well, I think the general consensus oh of God, the, ge- the general consensus that no, that's not true. The general the reviews consensus, were terrible. I'm not I'm the not general consensus of the reviews were essentially well. I don't know the ones that I I didn't read. I don't I don't really read reviews to be honest. But the ones that I did read, uh, well, first some of them were kind of just more like attacking her as a person rather than oh, the actual she's music. being attacked a lot. That's true. Yeah, but I will say this is uh, I, I, whatever. I'm not going to get into reviews because that's everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Um, I will say, so whenever I, David and I were talking about the the album, you know, the day that it came out, and I said, you know, anytime I look at a review... Or oh, I and we to, were right, by the way. She had her baby the day her album came out. <laughs> yeah, well, the day before. She had it the day oh, before. No, yeah. it, it, had, it was coming out in Australia at the moment. Was, oh, okay, well, there you go. Yeah, which is so funny. Um, but so, so whenever and she I... she named talk, it Daisy, not Smile. Right, I know, that's so funny. It's so funny, because I'm just, like, picturing her, like, screaming at her daughter with that song. <laughs> Daisy! Um, <laughs> but um, so whenever I'm, I'm reviewing an album, I always say, well, what are the pros of the album? What are the cons of the album? You know, I never like to just be like, it sucks or, oh, it's amazing. And I was telling David and David and I pretty much agreed that the good thing about the album is that the album in general is just, it's good. Like there's, the songs are good. There's really not- It's a good album, but it feels like it's a 2013 album. Well, I think that the problem is, is that she's playing it a little bit too safe. Um, I think that the songs sound like they're all good. Again, it's all like good. And I think- Yeah, she's a good songwriter and they're good songs. It just Yeah, and it's good like like Katy Perry makes- bops you know it's just a it's kind of reiterating that i think i don't know if like she got traumatized from like when she tried to do something different with witness and then people weren't having it so then she's like let me not (laughs) do anything too crazy that might be Uh, it you might be right yeah but um but you know it's fine i i enjoy it i i think it's a it's a strong album um, and a video album. She released videos. Oh my god! It's I'm loving it. Video. Yeah, yeah. You must be in heaven. I am because um, I'm like you know what? She's the lady is giving us. She is cheating she, the gays. She's getting dragged though all over Reddit, all over the reviews, all over Twitter, and people. One of my friends who's a pop worshiper 
we're also going to have to have him uh, on the show at some point. He stands Gaga. Um, he was—he's oh, not well. even a—he's not even a Katy Perry stan, and he was on Twitter trying to defend Katy Perry, saying, "Come on, guys, we owe her more than that. She gave us a lot of bops. <laughs> Stop dragging her." And uh, I mean, he's kind of—do we owe that to any specific diva? Well, I mean, in what's in what sense? I mean, I feel like the general consensus amongst the general public is that the album's good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. It's just a thing. I feel like just, but if you like it, listen to it. If not, then just don't. <laughs> what do you think it'll? Uh, what do you think it will debut at? Do you think it'll crack the top ten? Yeah, the top ten. Yeah, it'll t- it'll crack the top ten. You're talking about in album sales. Yeah, what number? Yeah, do you think I even, I even, I even think, I, I think it's gonna crack the top five. Okay. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it's gonna be number one. Oh, you know what's beating it? I think Metallica is it Metallica. Yes, beating? yes. There's a few things yeah. beating it, but Metallica, you're correct, Metallica. Which actually makes sense because I think aren't rock and country? They're like the two genres that like still buy albums. You <laughs> like, know what? It is true because uh, <laughs> like uh, my mom, people that are my mom's age, like what they listen to, my mom still buys CDs. Like she, right? Because people are like Metallica's beating Katy Perry, really, and I'm like, but well, like, don't, think don't about her, it. Don't don't Metallica's fans still buy albums? Like talking about one of the other. I feel like one of the big things we're going to be talking about today, streaming channels and this uh, uh, slightly used content that's being sold from one network to other networks since nothing has taped because of the pandemic. Cobra Kai, which is a Google YouTube show, is now on Netflix. Cobra Kai is a series that takes place 30 years after the Karate Kid trilogy. And I binge watched season one and it is so good. But it, the re, what reminded me of it was like, you're talking about who would be buying Metallica CDs. No, well, I know who would be buying them. I'm just saying like, it'd be, the, but well, that's that. a good example. The, the lead of that show is this uh, guy who's like a 50 year old guy. He's 30 years ago was in his prime and he doesn't even like, like he doesn't even know how to hook up Wi-Fi. He doesn't know about iTunes or Apple or he doesn't know about any of those things but he still listens to uh, CDs of Metallica and stuff. And yeah. that, those are the guys fueling the record sales. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I mean, in pop music only, there's there, there's very select few. You could probably count them on maybe two two fingers, uh, two, two fingers, two hands. Uh, two, you could count them on two hands, like the people that are still able to sell like millions of albums. Right. I'm talking about just in pop. People forget, Katy Perry though, even when she was in her prime, she sold albums, but she was never really an, an ever really an artist that was selling millions and millions. This and is millions of albums. this is what I notice about every ten years. I feel like it changed. Like it maybe it goes in periods of three to ten, or I don't know. But I noticed that there comes a, a phase where it's all about the singles, all about the singles, all about the singles, and then we go into a phase of oh, it's all about the full album, the full album. Like give me a full album, right. and I feel like you see that in the change of like when Rihanna was really popular and it was all singles and you can't, if you listen to a Rihanna album, it's not like a story from beginning to end, you know, versus uh, when you listen into like Adele. I mean, I feel like it changes every now and then. And Katy Perry was very big during the singles uh, oh, yeah. sort of era. It was all about the singles, all about the singles. And even her greatest album, Teenage Dream, which is inarguably like one of the best albums of the decade, right? Um, it's just a bunch of pop singles. 
I think. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Not to take anything away from it, but that's no, what she it's, knows it's, how to do. Absolutely. I mean, I, like I said, everyone knows I'm like the biggest stan. So everyone, I actually say, and people think I'm kidding when I say it, that I'm actually the like the biggest Katy Perry stan. And Teenage Dream is actually my least favorite album from hers. And people are like, what are you crazy? And I'm like, well, it's just not cohesive. It's like a mixtape. Right. Almost. It's not it's like, not like a mixtape. But, but that I becomes like popular every few years. Yeah. To absolutely. Like a complete album, like Alanis Morissette or something, you know? So it, I think it's. Or Adele, maybe. Like or Adele, has, right. I mean, that's yeah. another good example. Other news before we bring on our guest, uh, uh, Britney Spears. Her trust is now under the control oh, of Jamie Lynn Spears, her little sister. Yeah. This is different from the conservatorship. This is different. Yes. This is her trustee. It's different. I think people thought that they, that she gained the conservatorship, but she hasn't. That's postponed until 2021. Yeah, and Christina Aguilera is releasing new songs for Mulan, which um, I don't well, is it, well, one of them was new. I think then, didn't she just like re-record Reflection? Yeah, she re-recorded Reflection. What do, what do you think? I don't know. I always think it's a little interesting when people like just re-record their old like stuff, unless you're going to put like a new spin on it. Like, for example, one of my favorite re-recorded versions of a song ever is Joni Mitchell's version of Both Sides Now. And that's because, yeah, and that's because if you listen to the original version, I think she recorded it when she was like 25 or 27, maybe, I don't know, whatever, um, in her in her late 20s. And then she recorded it when she was like in her, I think maybe 60s. And it was just yep. so different. It Good put point. such an incredible spin on it. But it's and like... it gave it new life. It and gave also it new life and it gave audience. it a new meaning. Yeah, new life and a new Another meaning. Another good example of that is Fleetwood Mac, uh, Silver Spring. Oh, yeah, 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 which was amazing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I felt like, it, I mean, it was fine. I just felt like it was unnecessary because it doesn't really sound much different to me than the original version. It sounds so, a little more, yeah. I like the just, new orchestrations. I like. I do, I wanna, like, yeah. And I like the new song she recorded, but I'm a little upset that it's all new songwriters. Like, why weren't the original Mulan songwriters invited to write the new song? I don't know if there's history there. I didn't do research on it, so I can't really talk about it. But I just noticed that, and I was it just like, huh, that's weird. Well, I don't think that they necessarily needed, because I don't think the new song is like going to be in the movie, right? It's just like a pop no, song. which is another thing. The movie is not a musical. Why spend $200 million on a Mulan movie if it's not going to be a musical? Ugh, well, they said they hard. wanted to make it like a realistic version, right? But you know what? I will say Whatever. it's a little bit in this case. In this case, I will defend that choice only because I think they're in a little bit of a position with Disney with the remix where it's a little bit of like a damn if you do, damn if you don't. Because if they do what they had been doing, which which is what they did with like Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King, where it's essentially just like a filmed version of the animated movie, right. then it's which just like, like, well, what? Well, <laughs> right. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people are like, some well, of the magic was lost in The Lion King being Right. So it's like Beauty and the Beast, for example. I was kind of. I like, really like Beauty and the Beast. I just didn't like that she couldn't sing and they cast a non singer. <laughs> well, why I was just kind of like, why do we need this? Like, like when, when I saw Beauty and the Beast, the live version, the only thing that it made me feel is I was like, well, now I just want to go watch the cartoon. Really? <laughs> like, I didn't think that at all. I don't I know. I just so. don't like watching cartoons as, as yeah. much. I mean, kids' cartoons like that. I, I mean, I also, funny. yeah, I also had a problem. I do with, like watching Emma, adult cartoons. Yeah, and Emma, I lo- yeah, which, speaking of which, everyone should watch. I just started watching the Harley Quinn series, and it's so good because it's a cartoon, but it's not for children. Uh, it's on HBO Max. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, and DC, whatever. HBO Max is still not on Roku. We're going to tell actually, let's bring on our guest. Yeah, let's bring Seth on because I know he has some good stuff to contribute here. 
Right. <laughs> Seth Biesenhirsch. Uh, Seth Biesenhirsch is a prolific and versatile New York City-based musical theater composer, lyricist, and author of several books who works as a pianist, accompanist, musical director, and vocal coach. He has a long-running nightlife show. All right. I, that was a great introduction. Great. Thank you for I, that. I'm not done. I was going to say that you are a nightlife fixture with your permanent show at Don't Tell Mama and uh, your off-Broadway musical just opened, Love Quirks. Please Welcome, Seth Beeson. Hey, Seth. Hey, girl. Welcome to the program, Seth. <laughs> Am I here now, or do I have to keep being quiet? No, you can talk, and I want to hear about your your show, Love Quirks, that closed because of the pandemic. We're, we're not closed. We're suspended. We have not announced the closing uh, date. okay. We are okay. still... Uh, technically, we're still running. We just don't have any shows. Okay, so yeah, so you're a long-running musical at this point. You've been running for six months. Yeah, that's then. true. It ran for, we come back next year, we say, it's been running for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a really good plan to me. I think you should um, go for that. The last time you were here, though, uh, we lost your complete. I'm so sorry. We lost the complete episode, um, but you're but back. But I, I have learned something that Stan actually means stalker fan. Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I did learn that. Oh, I didn't and know that. I found it was, it's you very didn't know creepy that? to call yourself a stalker fan because that's, you don't want to Danny, how did fan. you know the history of the word? I'm yes, going to have to change that then because there's so many hours that I'm like, I no, stand because them it's, so hard. It's taken on a whole new meaning. Stan culture it's, is this. I don't like, understand fandom. the millennial lexicon at all. Like they take words that mean nothing and then they expect <laughs> everyone else to learn uh, it. Well, that word was like, made famous by Eminem through his song Stan about one of his stalkers. Oh, I didn't. I ah, didn't. Well, that's because of that's an actual stalker yeah. fan. Yeah, it's a portmanteau. You know what? The character in the song is also called Stan, but it's about a stalker fan uh, who ends up like murdering his girlfriend and blames it on Eminem. So was Stan named Stan? Yeah, yeah. Was he also from Afghanistan? Yeah, actually. <laughs> ah, Stan Stan from Stan. <laughs> no, but he might have fought in Afghanistan because that was during the uh, Second Gulf War, invasion of Iraq uh, era. Debbie Downer. Talk about HBO Max. Talk about HBO Max because talk about we're more mad HBO that Max. it is not on Roku, which we have Roku. Yeah, which is really annoying because my my roommates have Roku, and I, I watch that all the time, like when I'm working out. Yeah, I'm so annoyed. I tweeted at them, and they gave me a dollar oh, coupon. I but oh, I don't actually maybe I should tweet at them too. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> let me tweet at them. Um, oh, I'm yes. sure that it's, I'm sure that that's coming because that's kind of, I feel like where everything's well, it's been I feel months. Like coming. It's been months. I well, check every day and they're, it's like comedy. It ha- okay, but oh, I, don't think you need, I don't think to... you need to. Che- I don't even think you need to check, though. I think when that happens, they'll announce it. I'm sure they'll make oh, a big I hope announcement. So. Yeah, of course they will. And also, yeah. it hasn't been. Peacock's it's only been on it a month because HBO Go was on there, and that's what I had, and it got cut off. Come August, it got cut yeah, off. So it's only I been know, a I, month. I was using HBO Go, and then it went away. It right. did go. HBO did go. <laughs> Yeah. Although so HBO did, Max is supposed to be even better, but it does need to come to Roku because I have well, a Roku I have TV. HBO Max on the computer, but I don't like watching things on the computer. I, Neither do I anymore. Not nothing spoiled us with smart uh, TVs. The one really good thing though about DC Universe, because whenever I'm like 
thinking about entering a new streaming service because because you know now there's like a million of them um <laughs> i'm always like i google like is it worth it and i read and like i've read i think i read like three different reviews on dc universe and they said basically like it kind of depends on what you're buying it for like they said if you want it for animated animated series then it is worth it because they have everything um but they like i was watching um batman beyond on there and i was like oh this is so i think it's such a, a limited show. time honey i think that's but end. yeah but they said also if you're doing it because you want like everything that dc has ever gotten ever then like it's not really good for that also they said it's not good at all if you're doing it for like the live movies because they barely even have any on there like uh, and dc movies have sucked all most. the dc stuff is going to hbo man and i don't know why that is though like for example like why don't they have like you know the bat a lot of like all the batman movies or like the new harley quinn movie like birds of prey and i think it's because there's some type of distribution deal i guess well, the they new have. harley quinn movie just came out huh so that the, the harley quinn movie is on hbo right now it no i know i know i know it is and i'm not like even complaining because i mean i actually bought the movie so i can still watch it whenever i want but it was it, horrible i mean it, <laughs> I liked it, but whatever. Gay boys love it. Gay boys it think like it's a revelation. It was like the worst movie I've ever seen. There was oh, no wow. plot. The first I hour, it. I was like, nothing has wow. happened. Loved it. But anyway, whatever. That's besides the point. But yeah, I think you got to be a gay man to like the movie, though. I think so, because it got a really good... Like, the gay gay people love that movie. Love I did. It. I loved it. I'm not gay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I, I have a lot of common with gay people, but not that one. Well, but... No, but anyway... <laughs> But whatever. My point was, is it's still, regardless of whether it just came out or not, I'm like, but it's still, it's Harley Quinn's a DC character. So like, why? I don't know. I, there must be a distribution Because problem. of distribution. Yes, exactly. And yeah, there's a ton of, there's a ton of distribution uh, issues that predate a lot of these streaming things. And it's going to be a few more years until we see them all unravel. And I still predict that we're going to end up with only three, maybe four streaming uh, kind of conglomerates. Yeah, I think it'll be four. Well, like major ones, you're saying. See, well, like I, they're going like, to phase out, like the, the bad ones will phase out. Or they'll well, be bought off little gonna, by little for their content. So who's going to get Apple, David? Because there's a lot of shows on Apple TV I would watch, but I don't have that one. There's not a lot of shows. There's like five or six. Yeah, I want to watch yeah, all but- five. But the thing about Apple <laughs> there are TV, really good shows. yeah, the, really that's good what I was going to say. The thing about Apple TV is, even though they have very like small content, the so far, I mean, they'll get more. But like the shows that they do have get really good reviews. Dude, and, like, yeah, honestly, they... the two best shows I saw during all of quarantine were Mythic Quest, which is on Apple Plus, and The Morning Show, which is on Apple Plus. I'm actually yeah, I want to watch both of those and Central Park and Dickinson. There's yeah, like there's another show on there that's supposed to be really. I think it's like Finding Jacob or something. Or I haven't Finding watched Jacob. it yet. It's yeah. Chris I don't know how to get Apple well, we Plus. You, like you can't really share your password with people because it's logged. No, it's, it's all logged tied into your Apple ID. I will say that Apple Plus. Uh, don't hate me, Apple. Um, I will say right now, for the moment being, do not. Spend your money on Apple Plus. Wait till they have more content. It's I won't not spend worth my it. money on anything. I have a I had a year <laughs> free of cable. Apple Plus. I pay for FiOS cable and well, don't every... you get enough content on there? No, the, everything's moving <laughs> off of it. They just took three shows off Comedy Central are now moving to HBO Max. They took a show from TBS, and I'm like, stop it! <laughs> if you want the rights after it's on actual cable, sure. But then other things are coming to cable, like. One Day at a Time, the fourth season came yeah. to Pop TV, and now Tuca and Birdie. Which and now it's going to CBS. That show. It's going to and CBS. Tuca and Birdie is coming to um, 
Cartoon Network. One day at a time is going to CBS, which is with where it belonged. Which Star is Trek where it belonged from the beginning. Uh, once one day at a time should have been on CBS. Cartoon Cartoon Network's shows are are on CBS all, CBS all Access now because they're Viacom. So yeah. CB, if you log in to see to CBS All Access now, it is lit. They have all the seasons of Drag Race. You really say lit? Everyone says lit, Seth. It's wow, so that's so millennial. I'm rolling my eyes. Oh, have I told you my pun on that? I have, what do you call an English class that has really good lighting and is awesome? It's a lit, lit, lit. Thank you. I'm here all day. Wow, if, if David didn't laugh at that, then it can't be good. Wait, but Seth, you're really, <laughs> you're really big into, like, you're really big into comic books, right? No, no, I'm not no. a huge comic book person. Oh, I no? am. Oh. You are David? Yes. Why did I not know that? I don't know. I watch all of the stuff uh, on, I watch all the DC shows on TV because they're great. But no, I don't read. Oh, maybe that's Comic books is too much of a commitment. Like, I get books. Well, I meant more like like comic book characters. Uh, yeah, I'm into the stuff. universes. Yeah. But I watch right, mostly right. That's the what TV I meant. show. I love the DC TV shows. Yeah, I watch all of them. They're too corny for me. I, I, I started them and I always, I gave up. So basically, if you want to watch any DC-related material and or Marvel, you really only need Disney Plus and HBO Max. <laughs> right. Well, I don't. <laughs> if you think about, I don't really like well, Marvel this, that much. I prefer DC. Yeah. No, so do I. Marvel. Does Disney Plus have all of Marvel? I think right they do. now, I think so. uh, they have a, a good amount. They don't have some like stuff a, like a, their 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 contracts that they had with Netflix. Those are still on Netflix. Jessica Jones. Well, Netflix yeah. got really pissy and they canceled. Yeah, they Daredevil were fighting with and Jessica Disney. Jones, and I love those because shows. of this because they were gonna they yeah were put, because they so were starting ridiculous. their own network. It's very very rude. I like both of those shows a lot, and they both filmed <laughs> in New York, which is good for New York people uh, in the business. And then they also canceled the Runaways on Hulu, which makes no sense. I was just watching that. But they canceled that, that because no one watched it. That had nothing to do with. Um, oh no, that's not true. I watched it's it. Pretty true. And I they canceled it. Cloak and Dagger on Freeform, but I like Same Cloak and reason. Dagger too. But honestly, that I blame Freeform because no one actually watches Freeform, and their audience wasn't yeah. Freeform. If it had been on a different channel. Then it probably would. Well, I think all of Freeform doesn't all of Freeform shows end up on Hulu. Yeah, but I watch all Freeform shows. That's another channel I watch exclusively. Or most of them. But they are moving a bunch of their shows to Hulu. I know. Okay, ABC, I did want Disney, Disney owns ABC and Hulu and Fox. And Freeform. Freeform. Yeah, it used to be ABC Family. Oh yeah, it was ABC Family. Yeah. I do. I did watch Runaways, but that's because I love the comic. I love books. Runaways. It was a fantastic show. It's by Josh Schwartz. Who did Gossip Girl? He also did Looking for Alaska, which was fantastic. Yeah, I watched that. And then that I was read a great the book, show. and the TV show was better. And that's weird. Yes, it was. Because usually the book yeah. is better, but you know. Well, the book is the book is kind of boring. Yeah, John Green is not <laughs> that great a, a writer. Sorry, John, if he's watching. But the adaptations <laughs> of his work are usually great. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. But there, it was a fast read. You know what I do want to talk about, which I think we should, because it's like a hot topic right now, is Bella Thorne's OnlyFans. Yeah, she made a million dollars or something, seven million dollars. Yeah, that. well, I think I, I, people get so mad. I'm like, she can do whatever. Well, people she aren't mad wants. because it's she capitalism. people aren't mad because she made money. People are mad because apparently she 
she um because only fans they have a thing where like you can join what so you can pay whatever like ten dollars a month to get their content but then they also have like bonuses that they can add like well if you want to see like an extra video of like 20 minutes of like whatever me getting pounded then like why would anyone in their right mind want to see a video of anyone famous or not and pay that kind of money for well it. because it's you can stupid. whatever but it's but the that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard if of it's like, porn, it's like yeah if it's porn who the fuck wants tiktok it's, it all sounds so a bunch dumb. of people have tiktok like, but, yeah but they're get a, a television get cable watch things like a normal person you sound like an old curmudgeon guy you sound you, i'm not even that old <laughs> yeah but, but you're I making yourself super old so <laughs> <laughs> but there are people but anyway but there are people that are willing to pay for it but anyways the whole thing was is oh, that apparently apparently would. she she messaged her fans and she said well because i don't think her content that you signed up for was nudes but then she signed up and said like well hey if you do want to see a nude then you can pay two hundred dollars and get a nude and so then people did it and then it wasn't a nude it was like i think her in lingerie oh, no i don't i don't that, think so i don't her. think so i do think it's on her because regardless of whether it's porn or not i think that she promises product business. yeah and I yeah agree. and if i pay, you know and if i'm if i have the money and i'm willing to pay three hundred dollars for like a video of you naked how much would pay people pay me to be? Well, naked? I don't like, know. That's easy money. I'll do it. I don't. <laughs> well, that's what care. everyone's doing right now. In, in but if I am paying two hundred dollars and you promise me a nude photo and I give you two hundred dollars, I want my nude photo. <laughs> but I was agree. she completely closed? Well, closed, I think it was, was apparently she... like a lingerie photo, so it wasn't nude. And they messaged her and they said, "Like, are you naked in the photo?" And she said, "Yes, I am." Um, so she lied essentially. You can find photos of her naked for free, though. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, that's not hard to do. Just Google yeah. it. Yeah. But um, then apparently it became a thing because she made so much money that OnlyFans had to, they changed their rules that I guess the people who were on OnlyFans, the, the people who were the content creators, they were getting paid weekly and now they change it to monthly. And a lot of people think that it's because they couldn't afford to like pay her as much money as they <laughs> like as she got. Um, so a lot of content creators are really, really upset because they feel like she essentially took advantage of like sex workers. Well, did she apologize for She it? did. I read it though. It kind of seemed a little, seemed a little bit of like a half-ass, like, sorry so, if I... But, but her apology is not going to help sex workers pay their light bills. Like, how is that going to help them? Yeah. I don't know. I would never pay for that sort of thing. There, there's so much free porn on the internet. Uh, Why would anyone pay for it? Because it's better. That's like, I won't pay for Disney Plus. There's plenty of free Disney stuff on oh, the internet. Why, why pay for anything? I mean, you I pay think... for things that are of quality. That's why. To you, anyway, or uh, something yeah. of quality to I, you. I, you know? I think so. I've, I, think, I've, I, I will say, so. I've bought, I've bought OnlyFans membership. Not a lot, but like, you know, there's like one or two. I have my favorite people that I'm like, oh, I'll pay ten dollars, sure. Well, then, how do I get to be that favorite person? <laughs> like, I've been giving it away for free. I do shows every week for free. I'm doing this podcast for free. But I mean, well, why can't I get paid ten dollars? Well, you like, could though. You could supply I mean, and demand, honey. Supply, yeah. What makes these people better than us, guys? And that's the problem with capitalism and the problem with the celebrity culture what? do not has. take capitalism out on sex workers okay sex workers are doing it's the oldest profession in the world no 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 it's the, okay if they're not famous but why should we pay more for the famous people is what i'm saying well i mean it's like that thing though isn't it of like it's like paying for a meet and greet it's like well why should i why would anyone do that they either? do though you can't uh, it's a huge business 
a thousand uh fifteen hundred dollars for your mariah carey ticket in vegas got you yeah no my break. friend has a new web series and he got cheryl hines to be on it on cameo he paid her a hundred dollars and she did a two-minute bit for him for his web oh, those awesome. are kind of cool i like that yeah, that's kind of great but like I mean, that's one thing, because that's for a website. And it's personalized if you do it on Cameo. I think I that I, it is just people's own business, what they're willing to pay for. And there is a real market for it. How can you, absolutely. Like, you know, scoff at anything there's a real market at? I agree, yeah. Or, I also think it's like a thing. I mean, I personally, like, I don't pay for meet and greets. Like, just, people also I, I, eat broccoli. Like, they pay for broccoli, and people farm it, and people <laughs> cut it, and people grow it, and they sell it at stores. Is for broccoli you. is way more disgusting than sex work so i love broccoli there you go I, that's your example Seth. that's your example if you like broccoli and you're willing to pay for broccoli that's no different from it's not very expensive <laughs> and it actually keeps but neither healthy. are some of these uh uh only fans, only fans. Yeah. And some of them are like five dollars a month some or something yeah. mental health thank you yeah <laughs> uh, I mean, no, but I do, like, I do understand because, like, I mean, like, I don't, I wouldn't pay for a meet and greet, like, even for my favorite celebrity, only because, like, in the past, whenever I've had, like, I don't know, like, I just don't believe in paying, like, you know, whatever, an extra $500 just to be like, oh my God, I love you so much. And then they go, thank you. And then take a picture. And then that's it. That's stupid. For the uh, picture, I think it, if, if I had the money, if money were no option, I would. Well, if money but were money no is option, option, then money, yes. I mean, but money like, is always part of the equation. It, yeah, but the people that I would want to meet are not on these apps. Like, I would like to meet Julie Andrews <laughs> or Carol Burnett or Dick Van Carol Dyke. Burnett, they're not on these no, apps. No, they're not, but Carol Burnett, um, she she was on tour I a couple years Carol ago. Burnett. Oh, there She's you very go. Nice. She's very, very nice. But those are the people that I admire. I don't admire anyone my age or younger. Oh, we, we might as well talk about this, though, because we're, while we're on the subject of meet and greets, meet and greets might go away forever permanently the end because of coronavirus. Oh, because of COVID. I don't think that anything is permanent. Everyone's all, it's going to change life forever. It's not going to change life forever. We're going to have a vaccine in another few months, six, maybe. Who fucking knows? And things are going to mostly go back to normal. And maybe some old people will stay in a little more. And maybe people will just learn how to wash their hands and sanitize all the time, which is what I've always done in my entire life. I agree with Seth. Yeah, I agree with Seth. Uh, to, I mean, I agree with almost everything he said in that. I feel like people... Oh, good. I like that. <laughs> people get very adamant about like, everything's going to change. This is going to go away forever. And I'm, and again, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm being naive, but I'm like, no, no, well, it's I not. I always hated like, handshake. Like, the, no, it's not. That's silly to think that this is going to change the course of the world forever and ever. I think Something that that's silly. Um, I think, you know, like there's a, there's a big talk on Broadway is like, are they going to stop stage dooring? Yes, they are. Um, which again, I mean, I don't care because I never stage door anyway, but... No, they're not going to stop. But they're they going to stop stage dooring. I don't think that they're going to permanently no, they're gonna stop. they're going to have hand sanitizer. Yeah. I don't think they're going to permanently stop stage dooring forever and ever. I don't think so. I think it'll, it might stop for a little bit, but I don't think that they're going to permanently stop that person. I don't think that's going to stop. You can't stop those stands. Yeah. <laughs> that's like part of their can't stop the stands from standing. Can't stop the stands from meeting their people. <laughs> They'll probably have more of a system and so that it won't be this chaotic. Well, they already use their own uh, they already use their own Sharpies for a long time. A lot of people already don't take pictures or touch or those things. I mean, because... I carry a Sharpie with me all the time in case I have to sign an autograph. Mm-hmm. It never <laughs> happens, but I do just in case. A lot of things that they do too now is like if you're, you know, if one of your like favorite like actors is on like, I don't know, like a DC show that you love and then they're on Broadway, they like won't let you bring merchandise. 
well, that like has the- always been because what happens is the 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 dealers, no, no, the people thing. who sell things online, show up and try to get their autographs. Like they're just trying to make a buck, and and they don't like that. They want the stands. Yeah, yeah no, to get they their, like They want the stands to be able to actually meet their uh, idols and get their autographs. Yeah. The little kids, not the old, because it is always older, like kind of schlubby guys with big jackets. But they can usually tell the difference oh, yeah, absolutely. between an actual. Fan yeah, like I remember when I saw uh, If Then on Broadway starring Adina Menzel. That was like right after Frozen had come out. Uh, and I remember that. That's funny you're mentioning it because I think that I saw it then on this day. A few oh, years really? Ago. That's funny. Because yeah, because it's my collaborator from my, my off-Broadway musical Love Quirks. It's his birthday today, and we saw it then on his birthday. Oh, well, there you go. We played the lottery. You saw it on your birthday and, too, uh, Danny. I did. Yeah, I yes, did. Yes, you did. Because yeah, yeah. we, yeah, we, we won the lottery. I, I hadn't intended on seeing it again because I had seen it already uh, with my parents from the back. But my name was pulled out, and I was like, "Well, fuck! If I won the lottery, I'm not going to let someone else have this." <laughs> so Mark and I sat in the front row, and it that it was a much better show from the front row than the back row. Yeah, I, I, I would probably. <laughs> my, my mom only gets Broadway tickets in the back. Row. Oh, okay. But I but yeah. what I was going to say was that when I went to um, did I go? Oh, well, I didn't go to the stage door to meet Adina because I went to the stage door because my acting coach at the time, Jen Colella, was in it, and she told me like, "Wait." so that I can say hi to you before, you know, whatever. Um, but while I was waiting, I do remember that um, Adina, like, oh, there was like all these, which I didn't get because at the time I didn't know about that, about how people go and make, you know, make you sign and all that. And I was like, why are all these like old fat guys making her sign Frozen posters? Like, that's really weird. Like, why do they? And then <laughs> I realized, because it was after, I think she stopped doing that after the first few weeks because she would be like, yeah, no, you're just going to sell this. And like, you're taking away from like my fans who actually want, need to sign like you know their playbills or like their cast recordings or something like that and i was like wow and it's apparently a really lucrative like market like where they can sell that for like a lot of money just depends um, on supply and demand yeah, i think it's, it's pretty lucrative yeah. if you sell I have a lot a of them. An autograph on my wall right there it's a wicked poster oh cute and Kristen i have that. it too with, i don't remember with what but um and she's also on my original rent poster that I got signed in 1990. Oh, that's, that's that, I would, that I would that's pay for. That's <laughs> I would too. Yeah. I really would too. I had the whole original cast on That it. I would pay for. Uh, but I think Daphne and Kay didn't come out and I had them sign the CD. So I have the poster, then the CD. and the CD. Sometimes <laughs> they're people who sign both. It's a weird... You're like, that's thing. the complete. You got to put the CD and the poster together to get the full cast. Yeah, that's they cool. are together. They're together. And uh, my friend was like, you need to frame that for the longest time. And then eventually I finally did get frames for everything in my apartment. But there's a hole in the poster because my cat Ew, like, no. scratched it. And so I put uh, black construction paper behind it and you can't really oh, look that's good. good. And it wasn't an autograph, thankfully. Oh, Rent, I did love that. And then there's a little like problem in the corner and that's where I put the CD to cover that. I saw, I saw Rent on Broadway the week before it closed. It was fantastic. I, I saw Rent it. on Broadway so many times, but mostly the second act. <laughs> you you can't stay second, you act. Can't second act anymore. I don't think they started. No, I know when I first moved to New better. York, I would second act stuff all the time, especially when I already do that? Yeah. How do you do that? You just walk in just after walk intermission. In an intermission, pretend you were but smoking. You, you stop. They stopped doing it. They they like started dub like checking and like. Oh, I didn't even like know that, that was a thing. No, it's oh, totally especially at the Nederlander where Rent was because it was all run down. Like the whole point of Rent being uptown was it was like 
one block below Broadway and the theater was a mess and they have since renovated it since rent. Oh yeah. They, they put they, up a bunch of marquees over there too. They put in a, a, a marquee uh, for Aladdin there on, on that street too. And, and uh, oh, yeah, the hotel next door has a marquee with a bar. It's uh, much lovelier though. That whole area it's now way, is, is packed with way uh, hipper than it used to I be. Always, but yeah, you could just totally walk in. And nobody cared because all the ushers at rent left at intermission. Oh, like they had like one or two. Stay, and did you just like find? You would like, just like find a seat. Yeah, there were always seats in the balcony. Oh, yeah, okay. it's never same. Full. I did. I used to do that with a ton of shows, and then it's, they stopped. You know what? I second acted. I have not seen the first act of Long Day's Journey in Tonight. <laughs> I saw the second and third act. With Brian Dennehy and uh, Vanessa Redgrave wow. and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, wow. like all people who are dead now. And it was, I was like, you know, I was literally wasn't planning on it. I was walking home and I passed the theater. Yeah, that's how it would be. Like, and I went, oh, wait. I feel like going And it was right like now. almost, I think they start that show at seven o'clock. It was like almost eight o'clock. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to see the first act. And you really don't. Everything <laughs> good in that show is in the third act. <laughs> I still haven't seen the first act. Lynn, Lynn Redgrave is the one that died. No, no, Natasha Richardson But died. also Lynn Redgrave. Lynn Redgrave died too? Yes. Oh, well, that's sad for oh, me. Well, there you go. I have Natasha <laughs> Richardson's autograph on my wall. I saw her in Streetcar Named Desire. You know what? This is a this is a completely random thing that I was curious about, but maybe you guys know the answer. Um, I was wondering, okay, so because you said Vanessa Redgrave, and she was in the London production of The Inheritance. Yes, she was, Mama. Yes, she was. She doesn't. She doesn't come out until the third act. And she completely steals the show. Everyone's crying. Everyone's just in tears. Everyone's a mess. The question that I was going to ask though was: Is that if you know the show, she only comes out in the third act of the second part, and only comes out. In the third <laughs> and the show is like three hours long, and I'm like, Seven so she kind of just like comes has a monologue for 20 minutes and then leaves. And so I'm like, do they have to, if you're in a show where you don't come out until like the second or third act, do you have to come, do you have to be in the theater when the show starts or do you have a later? No, no you don't. I don't think so. No. You don't? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You have to be there at the beginning of that. Was, um, 30 minutes before your act starts. And I don't want to spoil the end of act one of Inheritance, but there are a bunch of characters that don't appear until the end of act one of part one of the inheritance. And those guys um, only had to be there on the days their part was going on. And they only had to be there 30 minutes before, I think, because I was in a show with a guy and he would leave the show to go do inheritance. I think it was <laughs> Cynthia Nixon who was in two shows at once. Yeah. She was in oh, Hurley Burley and say. yeah, Hurley Burley and the real thing. Yeah. Hurley she Burley was, and the was real in thing. two plays. And she was only featured in a little bit of one and the theaters were like next to each other. And she would like go back and forth and then come back for the curtain call after having performed in the other show. Oh, that's so weird. I mean, good for her, get that money. I I wish Vanessa Redgrave had come to do that role in um, Yeah, I don't remember. I knew someone very close to the production. Yeah, uh, not to take anything away from Louise Smith, because I think uh, she will win the Tony Award for Best Supporting Actress in a Play. She was wonderful. The, the role is wonderful, though. It's it Vanessa would have won, too. But oh, and Elaine Stritch, too, and her show talked about how she was doing a show in Boston, but understudying F.E. Oh, that's right. She talked about her one-woman show. Like, there was something, one of those things she did in her show. Like, she was literally... 
She had to check in to make sure Ethel Merman wasn't calling out sick, even though Ethel was never calling out sick. And then she would take the train to Boston and she was in, <laughs> I think, Pal Joey. She just was in that one scene at the end. I she would do story. her scene, take the train back to New York, and then make sure Ethel was not calling in sick and then go back to Boston. Oh That's God. so crazy. And yeah, she does it on her CD, Elaine Stritch of Liberty. And then after she says, she does that like three times more. She said, and you wonder why I drank so much. <laughs> I'm so glad I saw her at the Cafe Carlisle uh, in the year before she died, her, her final concert of Sondheim song. She forgot all the words, but it was just awesome just to be there and to see her do it. it Nowadays, great. I don't think equity would go for that sort of thing. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, man. Um, which, uh, there's so, oh, man, we have a lot to talk about, actually. I want to, while you're here, uh, talk about the Tony Awards, because they're oh, having the them after Awards. all. How do you feel about this? I think it's kind of... I don't know. I looked at the list. There's no musical. There's there so are musicals. Like, there's four musicals. Well, like, I think no, he, I, I think mean, it means like there's just three. not there's not a lot. Is what he there's means. Four. It's like three or yeah. four. So like I don't know what they're gonna do. And there was I think there's only one new score. And it's like one are new they musical score. It? There's a there's several other scores in the play category. So I, I don't so know. Does Lightning I, Thief I can, automatically get it? Oh my god. Maybe like, I mean the I score to Lightning Thief is good. Is it? Yeah, it's Robert Kiki. You don't like Robert Kiki? He's a very nice yeah. person. I know him. But I don't, <laughs> He's going to get a Tony now. Well, unless they get rid of the category completely, which I think would be a little insulting. There are several plays that also well, had original did, scores. Uh, in some, in some music. Andrew Lloyd Webber won for Sunset Boulevard, and he was the only one nominated. Yeah, my question is more going to be 95. in terms of like how the winning is going to change, because like we all know it's no secret that Tony Awards, there's, there's quite a bit of politics that go into it. Yeah, absolutely. And, but it's all about the touring. Well, that's why. No that's what, I'm, that's exactly. what I mean, is that yeah. they're all going to, because a lot of times like they say, well, which show can tour the best and then that you know right so they don't have to worry uh, about that this year that allegedly is what gets <laughs> or they be... also don't have to worry about a show you know oh well this person because you know there's a lot of times where they're like well this actor would have won but the show closed way before so they're not going to give him the tony award and that's not the case now because all Which, the shows they are will now. in plays but they never do in musicals it seems like right yeah, it's weird there are good plays play, that open play, like for example i always the playlist is very strong yeah oh this is one of the best best play lists or of in years, like, yeah. and years. we're not even talking about the ones that didn't yeah. open. So, but then I, there, I don't think there was a revival of a musical. There wasn't. There was only there were two scheduled for this year. Carolina oh, Change. Carolina. Only Change one of them open. opened in previews. Um, West Side Story is deemed ineligible, so there will not be Six. a. Death well, I don't know. I think you're you're fucking yourself for the next year because it's like when are, what what does the next Tonys look like for 2021? Like if well, there may opens not, in January. Yeah, I don't think it is. It may yeah, or may so not. I don't think there will be Tonys for next year. I, I don't know, though. They're setting the precedent that there will be. So then I don't know if you say if you open from January to August and you extend that, and then the year after you do September to June and you're back on schedule, schedule, that's the British <laughs> way of saying it. If you're back on schedule, uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know where they go from here because the Drama Desk Awards. They already had their awards. Yeah, so too. that makes so it seems it, like the Tonys should have done it too. So then what's gonna happen is if we reopen my musical in February, are there gonna be awards in the spring or are they gonna lump us in with things that are opening in 2022 uh, a year and, and not have later. the award till 2022? Hmm. It's That's either gonna question. be there's nothing nominated for two years in a row, upping the chances of the tiny things that open, 
or they're going to have to lump everything and have a big year and people and get I have free. to I Those have to get options. something off my chest because it has always bothered me that a bunch of shows wait until the very last second of the week of the cutoff date to open and that has always bothered me because some shows open nine months before that and and then get punished when they're forgotten or whatever, or because they close. I just, I've never liked that. A lot of people have been saying, well, it's not fair because these shows didn't get to open. And you know what? To that, I say, you know what? It's not fair every year when shows close, when shows run for seven months and close and then get completely forgotten. That's not fair either. So um, I'm sorry, this this year is not fair, but that that's it. But I do... I do have that question about next season with your show. What's going to happen weird, with show? Because something like six, six was like, uh, like love quirks. We were going to open a few days. I think six was going to open like the night it was canceled or we were supposed to open the Monday and we had to cancel our shows on Friday. Uh, we were very close to opening. Uh, six probably would have swept everything if it, if the pandemic had not been for an extra week and we could have had another week of show. And it's just, then it's going to be lumped in with everything else next season. Uh, if it's, it it's reopens, if it reopens, I mean that's the standard that the standard that they're setting is that it doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is that you have to have an opening night, and not only do you have to have an opening night because Nor- Girl from the North Country had an opening night uh, and was deemed ineligible. Enough Tony voters have to have seen it, which. To that, I was a little bit upset because they could have easily just changed the Tony voters for this year. They could have easily said, someone like me or you, who sees uh, almost everything in an entire season, did see six. I didn't really see anything that was nominated. Well, okay, but I'm just giving an example. There are tons of people who, all you have to do is get on broadwayworld.com to those chat boards, and you'll see who has seen every show this season. Those people could could have voted. The last show I saw besides Love Quirks, which I saw eight times. Because it's your show. Which, by the way, can we pause and can you give a plug for your off-Broadway musical that is... Oh, I would love to talk about it. uh, Um, Is this airing before my concert on the 10th? This is airing tomorrow. I'm going to... I'm going to... Oh, I have to edit this tonight and air it tomorrow. Well, yes. So then I will say (laughs) um, we're doing a big concert on September 10th, uh, Thursday night at 7. And uh, it's to raise money for the Love Quirks uh, cast recording, the off-Broadway cast recording. It's a, it's a musical comedy about uh, a bunch Love. of singles living in New York and all of their mishaps right. okay. in the dating Let's world. And it's got a wonderful score with York. fun, uh, funny uh, songs about the different yeah, love quirks. And, funny. Uh, That's and with, it's very quirky. Yeah, it's a quirky show. You're better at you. We should hire <laughs> Thank you. you. Well, no, Obviously, a, my minor was marketing in, in the, the college. But yeah, so you have that one couple. <laughs> I consider that kind of when Harry Met Sally, and the other couple was Will and Grace. And you were in previews it off-Broadway. At the St. Luke's Theater, we did two weeks of previews. And then the pandemic. And we had to cancel the show three days before opening. I had to cancel the party, oh. which broke my heart. Uh, six months ago, actually, exa- almost exactly, because it was But it's not closed, day. right? So the, your show's been running for six no, months. No, 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 we're suspended. <laughs> we're, we're not closed. We, are, we have suspended performances until we can come back. But... As I was saying, we are doing the original Off-Broadway cast recording in a few weeks. And we are doing a big concert on the 10th on the YouTube and the Facebook Live uh, to raise money for the CD. And it's going to be awesome. I have the cast, the original Off-Broadway cast, and a bunch of this production team and a bunch of people who were in the show. Along the the year. 
we're going to be singing songs for my self-isolation quarantine song cycle. Very cool. Uh, that I wrote while we were in. Give a quick home. shout out to some of the divas from your show, since this is a show about divas. Oh, well, yes. Lauren Testament, yes. who David Davila is friends with. She's, She's my neighbor diva. in New Jersey. She lives them <laughs> right by you in New Jersey, yes. And so does Brian, the director. Uh, he's also a diva, but uh, yes, yeah, so she's a great diva. And uh, and um, Maggie McDowell, who was in Broadway uh, in Disaster the Musical. Oh, and I love Disaster, so campy. He is absolutely uh, phenomenal, but she's not, neither one of them are, are divas to work with. They are wonderful people. Uh, I, and they're both doing the concert. And then I guess you could say Aaron is a diva. He's the guy who plays Ryan. Uh, he probably won't listen, but but he's really great in the role. They're all fantastic The in the role. This is super exciting, uh, I'll yeah. I'll have to mention Matthew because he's the one I, the only one I didn't mention, but he's not a diva. So you a, are, uh, you're recording an off-Broadway original cast recording. That's freaking yes, amazing. Yes, I even added... Since we were so bored, I added a cello part. Yes, uh, that's amazing. So the CD is going to feature uh, bass, drum, piano, and cello. Yeah, so that is gonna that's gonna do wonders for the for the soundtrack. A little cello. Well, it's I awesome. think that honestly, there's nothing coming out. There are no CDs coming out, so uh, we're gonna put a, a bunch of money into advertising it, and I think it will. Uh, make the show more popular than it would have been if there was no There pandemic. is a CD coming out on Broadway Records very soon that uh, one of my songs is going to be on, but I can't say anything. I can't announce anything else. But since you mentioned no other CDs coming out, I have to say. Uh, I hate when people do that. <laughs> I have something coming, stay but I can't tuned. tell you what stay it is. Stay tuned for well, more I info. Say, I don't know if I meant no other, but in terms of the amount of cast recordings coming out, it is oh, it's way bleak. fewer it's than bleak. it's ever been. Yeah, hey, that's true. There might not be, you might actually become eligible for the best uh, soundtrack Grammy. I mean, you oh will be gosh, eligible, will. but you might, you, you know, you could... You, we submitted my last CD to that, but yeah, we we might we might actually you could get have, nominated. Yeah, you have a good chance at actually getting nominated. Um, who are you rooting for for best musical at the Tonys? Uh, so so here we have the four possibilities. You've got the Lightning Thief. You've got the Lightning Thief, Robert Picky. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you sound you didn't like you didn't. No, like I, just, I, I was just saying I, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it too. I saw it too. Um, it's it's for kids. I think you know. It's I think so. Yeah, it's I definitely think maybe not. It didn't quite. I feel like it yeah. maybe should have played. Um, I also feel like my. I don't know. It, it was like on tour first, and it looked like it was on tour. Like it, like they um, don't look like. I think they, it's really cool. It was really inventive. The choreography. I like the cons- really I liked the concept of it. There yeah, was also like the only. Really cool. I, they had like this one thing that they did in the musical that I wasn't a big fan of. I'm sure some actors probably liked it, but the like cast is amazing. They play all these different characters. As, well, see, I didn't like that though because it just felt oh, like I, it was. I was very impressed. It just felt like it was unnecessary. I don't know. It felt gimmicky. It's a small to me, cast, and they play a ton of different magical characters and stuff. Uh, I thought it was really cool. That's a very off Broadway. It is. A, it, yeah. it has a very off Broadway vibe. It, it feels. It felt like a new world stages show that could have run yeah, for several years i feel like it could have done well in new yeah world stages, new world stages actually. i think it could yeah. have run for years but it went it went to broadway they took advantage of the fact that this theater opened up and their tour was coming to an end and they had this show they could just move in their tour to broadway and that's what they did it had some cool moments that I enjoyed. And now I bet they're freaking glad they did because they're, you know, they could end up with all these Tony nominees and uh, and their short, their their show could have a big life at high schools and, and regional theaters, children's oh, theaters. Oh, well, that I think it was going to yeah. have anyway. Yeah. yeah. So um, 
but okay, so that's one of your options. And of course, you've got the Tina musical. Mm. Which I've heard. She's gonna, Adrian Warren's going to win Best Actress. That's what no I've heard. Question. She's yeah. pretty much the shoe in. Uh, then you've got Moulin Rouge, which, okay. which kind that. of split people. I freaking thought it was amazing. I thought it was like mind blowingly amazing. Some people thought it was like, they, they thought it was trash. They didn't like it. I mean, it's camp. And you know, I, don't I like the love movie. camp. I, I will say that I so hated it, the So Mulan you would have hated movie. the musical too. Yeah, if you don't the like the movie, then I can't movie, imagine you liking it. I couldn't the... stand it because it's anachronistic. I cannot stand I, when there's music That's just postmodernism. Sorry, period. that's postmodernism. You got to get used to it, honey. No, I hate it. Well, no, I you don't have to apologize for it. I, I didn't apologize for it. it. I said, you got to get used to it. That's that's you how we do I'm sorry. Oh, you're right. I did. I don't like it. I will not. I don't like anything like that. I don't like anything historical where you're having music that is not historical. I do because otherwise, so you don't like Hamilton. Yeah, then you can't. He no, hates it. no, he I, hates that's it. not the show. But then you I can't like. create. You can't tell any stories except for the stories that that you are now, unless you're going to be have like clunky old music. I like clunky old music. So do I you? So then, Katie. do you not like um like Jekyll and Hyde? Jekyll and Hyde is a guilty pleasure, <laughs> but it's not a good show. <laughs> Well, no, but you know what? I actually will agree with that because, like, I saw, I and it's not that's a different Jekyll thing because Hyde the Jekyll and Hyde music so is very musical theater and it's way. Yeah. So musicals it's, it's in general works. that tell a story. No, of but I will say, yeah, I agree with that because so that's saw, a silly, silly rule that you follow, Seth. I saw Jekyll and Hyde, well, and I, do, I, I like Sondheim. Content equals form. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you can't even say that. Sondheim is writing like contemporary music and all of the stuff is set like in the old days. You can't even argue that. It's a terrible argument. I can write, you know, an Sonic 80s ballad George, or something. A night music, Pacific Overtures. Oh appropriate God. for the show. Like I wouldn't write an 80s ballad for a show that takes place in the 1700s. Oh, I yeah. think that could be super cool. Why not? But like, no, but that's what I was uh, going to say about Jeffrey Hat. Like, we're writing for today's audience. You're not writing for that audience. You have to understand that. I write for myself. I write stuff that I like. I write a combination of what I like I and that also for the a audience, lot. you know? Sometimes people are like, how come Love Quirks doesn't have any modern music? It's because we don't like modern music. Like You don't like modern it sounds music. Like a, it sounds like a musical, and that's what we wanted to write. We wanted to write a cute little charming New York story. It is cute. I, I, re- I do, like, I do like your musical, but I like... I, I'm. I like anachronistic. I like postmodernism in general. The, well, you're uh, yeah. allowed to the like whatever you the world, like. I mean, you know, uh, I'm into my it. tastes are clearly not the tastes that are popular. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like any pop music. So at you all. would hate. You I would absolutely think- hate Moulin Rouge. But I love Moulin Rouge, and I thought the show took the campiness of the movie and turned it up to eleven. It's camp on camp. Almost every line of dialogue from the entire book was a, a stupid lyric from like an 80s or 70s or 90s pop song. It was so camp and they knew they were camp. It was high camp. The fact that uh, Karen Olivo's character, Santine, who, by the way, she is phenomenal in that role. She's really nice. She's amazing. She's with her. fucking... Karen oh. Olivo is, she's brilliant. is one of the nicest She's brilliant. I remember she when she came into a Sephora, she was very sweet. Yeah, I we had her. a really great... We talked for like 10 I minutes after the class. Karen I stand Karen Olivo 100. She, I absolutely love 
I can defend yeah. seeing her and everything. I love Karen. Daniel knows because we went to go see, uh, uh, not together, well, we were there together, but we weren't there together. We went to go see <laughs> Tick, Tick, Boom with Karen Olivo. She oh, yeah. burned down City Center. There was oh, yeah. nothing we went left. To, I think so we went, we went, we went different said, nights, right? I mean, we were only... I don't yeah. know, because I, I said, like, God, it was so good. I wish I could see it again. And you said, well, why don't you see it again? And so then I went again oh, the next morning. Right, yeah. like, it was, it was like, only, I woke it was up only and went to the matinee. Yeah, it was only there three nights, yeah. Right, it's... Uh, 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 well, I saw Tick, yeah. Tick, Boom off-Broadway at the James Street Theater the original three cast, times. Right? Yeah. And so I, I saw Raul. I think I saw a guy from the New Kids on the Block was in Oh, it. Joey McIntyre. But uh, yeah. I, when I see the original cast of things, I don't go to the encore because I don't need to rewrite my memory. Oh, but if you like that. it, why not? No, I don't want to see people not. If be I love a show, I want to see it again. That's my thing. Oh, if I have an imprint of the original, I don't want to see it again. I, I, I just think if it's a show you love, you want to see it again. I, like I've seen. And I said, like, I don't like revivals times. that re-envision. I've seen Miss Saigon. I like revivals that actually put the show on. No, sometimes the revision is better, like the color purple, like Spring Awakening. I didn't see the color purple revision because I didn't like the original enough to see it again. I didn't care oh. for the original that much either, but the revival was so fucking mind-blowing. It was so good. People said yeah. that. That's why I'm, I'm like arguing against your theory of revivals. I, I think if... You don't have to agree with oh, me. I know, as that's a, what this podcast is about. And my wall used to say, <laughs> you don't have to yuck someone else's yum. <laughs> And I don't I yuck your that. yum, David. You can like whatever you like, but me personally, that's our new podcast. I'm not, that me and Seth are going to host. I'm not going to see yum. things I don't think I'm going to like, <laughs> and I'm not going to pay for Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that I wanted to say, y'all went off on a completely different thing, is when we saw Tick Tick Boom. Yeah, Karen Oliva when she sang. Um, Come to your senses. I mean, she yes. completely oh stopped okay. the show. We you forgot the fourth no. musical that was nominated, which is Jagged Little Pill. Yeah, yeah, we haven't gotten. There's, there were. With, <laughs> I didn't see any of them, so, so I you don't can't have vote. Preference. You don't count. You don't count. Yeah, I didn't see um, any of them. Yeah, I saw. I saw them all. So, Jagged Little Pill was great, though flawed. Um, Mulan, I mean, to me, it's Mulan Rouge 100. There's no, it has no contest. I was looking forward to the new James Lapine musical he did, The Flying uh, Over Sunset. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was looking forward to Flying Over Sunset because I like though. That I was going to see it, of course, but I was not going to look forward to seeing it. Well, I like the team though. I love James Lapine. I like I like Tom Kidd. Actually, shares my birthday, and he's very nice. And I I know him personally. And then the lyricist is a great lyricist who only uses perfect rhymes. So I knew I would at least uh, enjoy the show. If there's an imperfect rhyme in a show, I, my I brain checks you have, out. You and have I want way my too many back. like all or nothing things, Seth. Like anachronism. Yeah, and... I like Stephen Sondheim, and that's that's about all. <laughs> okay, if you keep talking like about this. We're never gonna get to Miss Piggy again. Uh, oh, I love Miss Piggy. <laughs> and this is what we did on the lost the lost episode. Now we talked for an hour, not about Miss Piggy. It's not my fault. You're the host. <laughs> so let's talk about Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy, the diva of all divas, uh, from the Muppet star of stage and screen. Miss Piggy is the best person in the so world. So yeah. she decided to leave her longtime boyfriend uh debated whether or not i mean it's debated publicly whether or not they actually were married secretly married or not or what what not have you they definitely well, they were common law marriage because were... they lived together for many years i don't know that they ever really lived together according to wikipedia they did 
Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Well, I thought she lived in a sty and he lived in the swamp. <laughs> they live in well, a maybe, house in Hollywood, they... honey. Darling, 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 darling. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, they got married in the Muppets Cake Manhattan, but that was in the movie. So, in the movie, they were officially married, but in real life, Kermit always said that they were not. That was just yeah. a movie. So she decided to finally leave him to break up with his yeah. ass. And uh, because he would never uh, be seen with her in public, he was embarrassed by her, and she deserves to be with someone who respects her for who she is. So, uh, yeah, tell us, tell us about this. Why did they? When did they break up? Why did they break up? And why do you feel like you need to defend this decision? Um, they had a show that uh, came on a few years ago. Can you talk a little bit about the yeah, Muppet ABC. Show and it's? And, uh, and kind of maybe defend that a little bit because it got canceled right away. Like, tell us a little. Oh, I love the Muppets. I thought so. That what show was the was show? Really what great. was the show? Uh, so it was on ABC, and they brought the Muppets back, and it was like they were in an office, and they were running uh, the uh, late night show that Piggy was hosting, and it was all about them putting it on. But they decided that they were going to treat them as actual humans, uh, and there was a lot of adult. Don't they humor, always do that in Muppets? A though? lot of. Yeah, the original title of the Muppet Show pilot was Sex and Violence. Ooh. So Jim Henson always intended the Muppets to be for adults. And the whole reason the Muppets existed was to say puppets are not just for kids. But the problem is when Disney took them over, uh, they they kind of sanitized them and made them just for kids because that's all Disney was doing back then was kids stuff. And so they kind of lost that satirical edge they always had. And this was a way to say, all right, they're relevant again. It's a more adult show. But a lot of the Gen Xers were watching with their kids and got really upset because it wasn't for kids. But they kept saying it wasn't for kids. So I don't know why people were watching. Well, they made a lot of kid movies in the night, like the the Muppets Christmas Carol and the Muppets Pirate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were supposed to do- And that's the, the best sco- freaking movie. That movie is amazing. Well, I don't dislike the movie, but it's not as good as the first three. They were supposed to make the, the greatest- Mu- Wait, wait, the Muppet Christmas Carol is not as good as the as the first three? No, because You're Jim Henson kidding, wasn't right? there. It's After the best Jim one. Henson died, By the quality far. went. Best music, best story. No, the music is way better in the first three movies. Have you seen the Muppets Take Manhattan? Of course I've seen all the Muppet movies. The Muppets Take Manhattan yes, is my second Muppets favorite. Muppets Take Manhattan, the Muppet movie, the Muppet Caper, and then Christmas Carol is number four. Because Jim Henson I would put was, Muppets Christmas Carol first, then the Muppets well, Take Manhattan. Like Christmas. I don't like Christmas as a Jewish person. Oh, you know what? I've okay, I'll give you like, that. That's true. That's I always true. like Scrooge at the beginning of the movie, and then by the end, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Don't give away the <laughs> Like, do you I think always, that that do you think that that movie is or that story in general is anti-Semitic? Yes, that's hundred percent anti-Semitic. Chris, Charles Dickens was an anti-Semite. Like just he, like so Scrooge like is a, is like a, a archetype stereotype of yeah, the stereotypical Jew. Supposed, well, he wasn't a end, Jew in name, but I, right, I of course. think that it was. It's like the Merchant of Venice. I right, hundred percent. Mm. But yeah, I don't dislike that I movie. I never thought but of it, and not, I feel really stupid. Without Jim Henson, it loses a little bit of its edge. And they were supposed to make the greatest Muppet movie ever. Was supposed to be the fourth movie, and then Jim Henson died. And after a few years, Disney was like, "Why don't we do this instead?" 
So the Christmas Carol and the Muppet Treasure Island are very Disneyfied, and they lost a lot of that adult humor, and you lost a lot of those adult cameos. So the first three movies are filled with cameos, like Joan Rivers oh, and uh, Brooke Shields, sorry, yeah. The Muppets Take Manhattan. And you lost a lot of that adult sensibility uh, when Jim Henson died. And he also got kind of, he was already moving on from the Muppets because he didn't want to do the same thing so much. He was doing The Dark Crystal, which is great. Love that. And the Labyrinth movie. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that The Muppet Christmas Carol uh, is a cute movie, but Disney kind of like, dumbed down the adultness. And so the, the new TV show was a way to say the Muppets have always been adult. And Bill uh, uh, Prady or whatever his name and who worked on it, used to work on The Muppet Show. And it was his idea to say, this is what Jim Henson would have wanted to do with these characters. But I think that they lost a lot of the characterization and they went for crass for crass sake. And I think that was part of the problem. But then they brought in the woman from uh, Galavant. And I think the last few episodes, the last five she did were fantastic. They finally found their balance. But at that point they got canceled, which is stupid because even when it got canceled, it got bigger ratings than anything on TV right now because nobody <laughs> watches TV anymore. Everyone watches TV. What are you talking about? That's all no, people they don't do watch these like days. Live. It's quarantine. No, I mean, I think, he say, I think he's saying like they watch like streaming. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Nobody watches yeah. the networks anymore. So the ratings yeah. for The Muppet Show when it got canceled were higher than the last season of Modern Family, which is another Wow, show. Yeah. that's insane. So it just shows you, like, the only show that gets ratings on like ABC that. now is The Connors, which I don't watch. Oh, it's so good. It's oh, really, it. really, really good. I um, My only fun facts that I have about the Muppets, and it's, like, completely useless, but do you guys know that Beach Boy song, Aruba? Yeah, Kokomo. Kokomo. Oh, yeah, Kokomo. Yeah, so I only had heard that song when I was a little kid because they had a Muppets version of it that would play on the Disney yeah, Channel all the time. It's on their <laughs> and it wasn't, yeah, and it wasn't until I was like 20 that I heard the Beach Boys. I think I was at a club. And I was club. like, oh my God, the Beach Boys covered the Muppets. That's amazing. <laughs> That's on their uh, Muppet Beach like, Party CD, which I do have a copy of. Yeah, I literally well, that song was, was like, like mind the blown. one song the Beach Boys recorded after they broke up. It was for a Greatest Hits uh or actually, no, I it was for Cocktail, the, the movie. Uh, it was for the Cocktail soundtrack, and then it was included on their greatest hits, and that was it. They could have done Is that a so much Brian more. Wilson, right? I saw yeah. him. Yeah. Yes, but he Paul didn't write Simon. that song. Um, the lead singer of the Mamas and the Papas wrote that song. They were, like, all best friends, which is why their daughters created Wilson Phillips together. Uh, right. right. That makes sense. Yeah. I saw Brian Wilson in concert. He was opening up for Paul Simon. Uh, I That's saw him at the amazing. PNC Bank Center in New Jersey. It probably was 2000, maybe 2001. Wow. I would like and, to see uh, that concert. It, he looked really old and really plastic. And they, he was surrounded by all these people who were not in the Beach Boys. And he just was kind of going through the motions, singing the songs he Aww. sang. But Paul Simon was great. One of my professors at MIT, uh, one of my composition professors, played clarinet for Paul for a while. And Paul was also on The Muppet Show. And uh, I also peed next to Paul Simon oh, when I gosh. saw Once on Broadway. <laughs> Talking about standing yeah, someone. Talking about the, people we peed the, next to. I peed next yeah, to but I didn't uh, the guy that plays Aaron with Samuels. It was, uh, it was 2011 or 12, and I didn't have a, a And I peed smartphone. next to Lou Diamond Phillips. Very oh, wow. Tall, there you go. Paul Simon is very short. I think that's the issue with, like, when artists, some artists get, like, really, really 
old and you see them in concert is gonna like make me sound like an ageist or something but like a lot of times it just seems like it's like an older person covering like their Aww. old material there's some not all of them there's some like i saw rec- i saw like two years ago two or three years ago i saw a uh, fleetwood mac too, and they were yeah. great they saw they were like they sounded pretty much just like like stevie nicks sounds i think better than she sounded when she was like well in i don't know about all 70s. that but yes but wait miss piggy so what is this all this hoopla about people being pissed about them uh breaking up because they broke up before that show right or yeah, after that show or during up, the show they broke up i believe um right before jim henson's death they were doing a publicity stunt and it's always a publicity stunt but nowadays there was twitter so it became a more amplified thing as everything is amplified <laughs> on social media for better or worse, mostly worse. You can't just break them up and get them back together yeah, like you could in the old really days. Upset, but it was really were just an advertisement ploy to get people to watch a new show. But do you think that backfired against the show? No, because I think it was funny that he was dating the, you know, he's dating Denise, the, the young pig. And I think it makes sense that, you know, I just read Norman Lear's memoirs. And, you know, his third wife was 25 years younger than he is. And he was he was like, don't start telling me about May, December or whatever. We just fell in love. Like he just glosses over it. He's like, he's like, this is normal. So I think if they were just saying, you know, if this was a real situation, it makes sense that Kermit would find it. Well, because Kermit's like, because Kermit is rich and successful and older. And this young pig is going to be, yeah, she wants to be piggy. Yeah, she wants his money. Oh, she wants daddy's money. Yeah. Get it. Oink, well, oink. I mean, who who isn't attracted to Kermit? You know, he's he's a good looking frog. <laughs> so it's like pretty much known then that Kermit has a thing for pigs. He has a pig yeah, fetish. That's, that's his thing. He has a pig yeah, fetish, likes, right? Or, well, likes, yeah. Well, that's okay, his type. Well, yeah, there's a difference between fetish and having a type. Because I right. um, is there what's the difference? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think that it's a really thin line. It's a to thin be honest. line, but uh, having a type, I think, I think you figure out your type after you've dated like six or seven people in a row, and then people are like, you look back at them, and it's like, what did those people have in common? That's your type. Yeah. Whereas fetish, you you like, you need it to like get off, right. And fetishes, you have one specific thing usually. Not always. You can have lots of fetishes. A little broader. Right. Well, a type could be like I like people who knit. (laughs) Right. I don't know, but that could be a fetish too. Ooh, I don't want to think about that. I had a guy. I had a guy (laughs) once tell me one of the weirdest, not the weirdest, but I guess like I don't know. For me, it was just like that's unusual. Is I had a guy who told me that he gets off by um, cutting people's hair. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Like he was like, can I? That's he was like, finish. can I cut? Can I? I remember. Yeah. He was like, can I cut your hair? And I was like, no. so let me tell. <laughs> and yeah, he, that is a fetish. He, and I remember he said he finds it really erotic. Right. So like, well, a lot of those psychosexual yeah. attractions and fetishes come from. There's three main ways that they develop in in uh, people. One of them is that the very first time that you realize when you have a sort of sexual awakening, your first time you realize what sex is whatever was happening to you in that moment, you can can become a fetish. So if he was sitting, oh, like while he, right, got like he was sitting he was... in a barber <laughs> shop or whatever, getting a thing and looking in the mirror at this guy and his leg grazed him and he got his first direction, like that's why he has that's that really weird fetish. Yeah, okay, yeah. So the fetish you would do with different people, whereas the type is the type of person you would do the fetish with. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? That's a good point. The two other things that cause fetishes, though, or cause psychosexual attraction and or fetishes, because uh, there, I guess, I don't know if there's overlap or not. But another one, of course, is your relationship to your parents, daddy issues, uh -huh. mommy issues, blah, blah, blah. And the third one is um, recreating your early sexual experiences. And that's different from the sexual awakening one. Uh, meaning if the first time that you ever had sex was a quickie in a stairwell, you might for the rest of your life really love having quickies in stairwells. Ah, that explains uh. why I like to have sex in dorm rooms. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, what about, what about when you're like, what about when your fetish is like a specific like body part, like, you know, like, feet or like yeah. ears i had a guy once who was really into ears yeah. well i'll tell you a little bit this might be overshare so we'll tell but i'll tell you a little bit about one of mine i love legs i love legs and i know specifically where it comes from because growing up non-stop as a child long before i knew what sex was my mother would we would be walking through the grocery store walking anywhere and my mom would point out other women's legs and she would say, look at those legs. Look at her legs. Those are nice legs. Not as nice as mine. Or I have nicer legs. Look at those legs. Oh, David, when you grow up, you have to marry a woman who has legs that look like that. No matter what, she has to have nice legs, David. She has to have nice legs. So here little I am, this know. little boy, and like staring at people's legs going, huh, what's the big deal about legs? Like, and I'm like not knowing. And I would literally be looking at everyone's legs, trying to figure out what the big deal was or what made them nice and what didn't. And then I'll never forget the first time um, after like, or during puberty when like I was a gym and suddenly someone was like bending over and they stretched out their legs in front of me. And I was like, <gasps> those are nice legs. <laughs> and like it clicked. And that makes me a leg guy. I love legs. Yeah, that's the thing. We're, yeah, that's we're all super, we super are. Yeah, that's why I'm into, not sexually. This is not a sexual fetish, but like um, I'm really into ears. Not, again, not sexually. Right, but it doesn't have to be a fetish. Uh, a psychosexual attraction can just mean an attraction. So, like, you're attracted to ears because of some other reason. That's what I was trying but, like, to say. But, um, like, there's... You if can you see edit pictures out of me, that like, part, not sexually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, if you see pictures of me when I was a kid, like, when my mom is holding me, you'll always see me, like, grabbing her ear. And there are sometimes when, like, I like if ears I'm too. like, and uh, my mom, and my, and my mom did that too. Yeah, like one of the things that I'll that I that I tend to do a lot, especially when I was in relationships, is like if like my like ex boyfriend was like lying next to me, I would like massage his hair or whatever, and it would always end up with me like touching and kind of massaging his ear. Some guys would be like super into it, then other guys would be like, "That's weird, stop doing right. that." Right, but <laughs> but it wasn't like a thing. It wasn't like a thing where it would turn me on. It was just like a sense of like comfort for me. So why does where... uh, Kermit like uh, pigs? Yeah, I don't know. I, I maybe somehow when he he grew up, uh, maybe it's you know a lot of people like uh, exotic. Thing. Or why does Miss yeah. Piggy like? It Kermit? also seems like Kermit didn't like didn't Kermit really like being. It seems like he kind of liked being like. Dominant. Oh, absolutely! I, yeah, he one hundred percent is the sub in yeah. the relationship. He likes a woman to tell him what to do. <laughs> he wants a to strong be female yeah. woman. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Miss Piggy like spanks him, and he's like, "Thank you, Mary. Please have another." <laughs> I, feel so. like it's, I feel like it's yeah, very. No, that. I agree. <laughs> Miss Piggy is very strong, very strong personality, and that's one yeah. other thing that's great about her as a diva. I yeah. always wanted to be like her. You know, she gets what she yeah. wants. She doesn't Absolutely. take shit from anybody. Or is she? Because, you know, sometimes there, there's a lot of times when people, especially like I've noticed like women who are in power, a lot of times when they're in the bedroom, they like to give up their power. 
and they like people to in be, power in general. Uh, yes, it's it's very common. Yeah, like that. Like I like there are people like control, um, if like you've ever if Jackson. you've ever hooked up with like control. yeah, like if you've ever hooked up with like a lot of like business yes. people, sometimes they'll be like. I'm work. I'm at work all day, and I tell people what to do all day. So I don't want any. Like I want you to tell me what to do in the better. You know what I mean? I don't like, think that is she's a thing. like that. I think she <laughs> she likes to be in control. Oh, Miss Piggy, one hundred percent wants to be in control. Absolutely. But yeah. you, but so so doesn't that make uh, Kermit the Frog like a sad, poor little guy, and she dumps him? Well, I think that he she just wanted him to appreciate her. And he couldn't even tell people they were dating. Like, he would always deny that they were dating. Mm. And do you really want to be with someone who denies they're dating you? Like, Yeah, no. He, he's like in the closet yeah. as, a, as a pig lover or whatever. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, and I think if you look at the history of them too, I would probably, I mean, I don't know the Muppets that much, but I do, in all the times that I've seen them together, I would say Miss Piggy probably would not have minded screaming her love for Kermit. Yeah, oh, absolutely. She did all the time. She was like, always she, I think like, she would have been very proud kissy, kissy, to like kissy, have kissy. But then, you know, when they had a guest star like Christopher Reeves on the original Muppet show, she would flirt with him and then Kermit would get jealous. So you would see. Would he? Yeah, he, oh, he yeah, would all the time. actually get That's jealous true. of it. I don't remember Kermit Oh, yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He would go, mm-hmm. that was a little. Was <laughs> he wasn't vocal about it. So I think she was just testing the boundaries. Like, how far could she take it with Christopher before Kermit finally admits that he had Well, it's the old trying to make someone jealous. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking he's also that for so long. Well, she needs attention. Yeah. But well, she had a childhood where she didn't get attention. That's oh, definitely. Clear. How many there pigs were in her There was probably a lot of yeah. pigs in that family. <laughs> pigs She's in the probably litter. one of a lot of siblings, and she had to do whatever she could to stand out. Oh, my God, like Madonna. Well, I feel like she's also a very, she has a very dominating, like, force to her. So I feel like a lot of people probably, Kermit included at times, probably found her to be quite exhausting. You know, she was named after Peggy um, Lee. Uh, Miss Piggy's oh, I didn't last know that, actually. Lee, but they got rid of it. They never said it. But the, probably they didn't want to call, they didn't want to like trade. Yeah, Miss Piggy Lee was like, her original it. last name when they came up with the concept. Peggy Lee's like the Katy Perry of that era. I know a lot of esoteric Muppet trivia. I'm not going to lie. I was lucky enough to work with the Muppets at Carnegie Hall. Seth and I uh, both sang with this choir for a while. And actually, we should give a shout out to that diva, Judith Clerman, who's one of the... The Essential Voices. Who uh, is a conductor of Essential Voices USA, one of the premier uh, conductors in Manhattan. And she's a female. And she has worked with the Muppets for many years and yeah, uh, she's, great. she's got several Emmy nominations from working with the Muppets from music directing the Muppets. So shout out to Judith Clerman, give that diva some love, but yeah, that's I, where we met. We met, that's in, that where we met in that choir in 2012. And uh, we did a, a concert at Carnegie hall where we got to work with the Muppets and meet I everyone. Did it. That was before my time. Yeah. You weren't, I'm sorry. You weren't there. I missed uh, it. I, you missed much. it by one, like one season yeah. and I missed the big Sondheim concert by one season. So, but you were, at the concert, right? With the Muppets. I was at the Muppet concert. Yeah, so we, we, we the, the New York TV. Pops uh, at Carnegie Was Hall. that a good concert, Seth? Yeah, it was a wonderful concert. I'm glad I saw it. I would <laughs> rather be watching than It was it. pretty cool seeing the magic of how the Muppets happen. I don't want to spoil anything. For it was any, the only one they'll ever do. You know, there was the Muppets and the Sesame Street and the Fraggle Rock. All in one was, concert. And we then got to oh, work wow. that must have been an event. It was wow. wonderful. It was so cool. It was cool. a once-in-a-lifetime thing because you have to 
get Disney's permission and then the children's workshop permission. And then the Jim Henson company still owns Fraggle. And so the, 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 uh, different it was the pieces. actual, it was the actual Muppets, the actual cast all came and everyone made cameos and everyone performed and it was And all awesome. the Sesame Street humans But it was the second too. time they had done it. They, then they had done a Carnegie Hall concert, like in what, they showed a video clip of it during the concert. I can't remember. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah, it was, uh, I wanted the to see the Muppet Show it. live. They did it in LA and in London and they, they never managed to bring it here. Well, you saw them in Carnegie Hall, so that counts for something. Yeah, that's true. We we got to uh, we got to wrap it up. Actually, we've been going almost an hour That's and a half. That's what she said. <laughs> no glove, no love. And honestly, guys, stay safe out there. Uh, my entire family has the coronavirus, so please, uh, everyone's oh, doing God. well. Everyone's okay. But uh, are they sick though? No, or are they just really they just luckily <laughs> just mild symptoms. The worst symptom uh, was my brother had bronchitis. And that was his worst symptom. Oh, that's bad. But everyone else, my mom just lost her. Can sense they of taste? Smell. No, they, they lost their sense of smell. Yeah, <laughs> everyone yeah. that I that I know of gotten coronavirus can't yeah, taste for real, anything. You that's lose, like the biggest yeah, you thing. Lose your taste. That's awful. well. Some people didn't have much taste to begin with. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> you are a Muppet. You belong on the on the. I am so. definitely a Muppet. I have a question actually. for you. Why haven't you written your own pilot with puppets? One a and come up with a deal for Jim Henson. And two, why haven't you written your own puppet musical? We you, you know some puppeteers. puppeteers. You know some of those puppeteers personally. Uh, They're friends you of yours. Do better than Stephanie Ambrugio. I do know Stephanie. No, but you could tell a different story. Avenue Q is specifically making fun of Sesame Street. You could write a musical about anything and just use Muppets. Did they, Avenue Q, this is, sorry, this is a stupid question. Did they specifically hire puppeteers or did they hire actors and then train them? No, they hired puppeteers. puppeteers. But then uh, as the show went on, actually I played the auditions for that show off on Broadway. Uh, As it it went on, they started hiring actual actors and training them because they ran out of puppeteers. Yeah. But all the original cast. Uh, original cast are puppeteers. Are puppeteers. Um, but, oh, that's and Stephanie Ambrosio still works for Sesame Street and Jim Henson. Yeah, Street. my mom yeah. saw Avenue Q and was like, I can't believe you didn't write that. Yeah, but for real. I, I it had a done. really healthy life off Broadway did too, didn't it? It did really song, well. Uh, the closing yes. number for my friend Brian has Ran a new show, years. Brian's Backyard. And I did write him a song at the end. It's kind of like Mr. Rogers meets uh, Lamb Chop and Shari Lewis. Well, I'm shocked you haven't you haven't written your a pilot and a musical. You should you should write both. Well, uh, I mean, what else the, you got going on? My children's musical Stanley's Party. We we did uh, at my 500th showcase celebration. We did a puppet doing the number, and that that musical would work as an animated special or with puppets. But you should it's work on it. It's hard to break into LA, David. I've tried. Well, trust me, I know. Obviously, I know too. I have a bunch of unmade pilots. But I have a theme like, okay, every year you have to write two new pilots. That's like the rule. But and you don't want to write any new pilots since I don't have any interest in writing a TV show that I'm not starring in. But you would be starring. Like I I would be starring in all of these pilots that I wrote. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't have. I I can only write for myself. The TV show I wrote is me being me, and that's what I can write. I can write me. But to write for other people, it's a lot harder. Hmm. I feel like also, I would, I mean, I would imagine, I have no idea if this is true or not, but I would imagine that the puppeteer world is very like niche and hard to break into, like if you're not a part of. Uh, I I guess so. I've directed, I directed a show with puppets, uh, The Pet Play, which Noemi de la Puente wrote 
and oh, played I our remember Broadway. That. Yeah. Studios, at Shetler no Studios, which there. just closed because of the pandemic. Badness. Which is a it's a shame. Yeah, Shetler Theater. Um, and that was really cool. I got to work with with puppets and with puppeteers. We had a a, a puppeteer that came and gave us all special training. Uh, it was super cool. Um, I, I I like puppets, and um, I think you should totally write something for puppets. So. I would totally Hi, write more. With a lovely daughter. To, to write more. You're <laughs> I love puppets. Uh, okay. Yeah, when we did our engagement shoot, uh, my friend who's my wedding planner, her boyfriend looked at the photos and were like, she was like, uh, he was like, Seth looks like Hermit. And his facial expression. I wonder if it's I wonder if it's different type of training for hand puppets than the you know, I will say um, we're so out of, we we have to wrap it up. We're yeah. out of time, but we we didn't cover all of the cool things we covered in the last episode. On the last episode, we spent like thirty minutes talking about Bernadette Peters, and we didn't. I love Bernadette Peters. Bernadette Peters. We'll have to have <laughs> Seth back. He's done. We, 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 yeah, you got to defend. Bernadette's we like we like Seth. We'll have him back. Or, or, uh, yeah, we could defend uh, Bernadette because yeah, Michael Riedel slandered her. Wait. and oh, got oh, We should have David. We should. We should have an episode yeah. where You're someone is defending Bernadette, Bernadette Peters' gypsy. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll defend um, Bernadette. She has my birthday too. Let her, Tom Kitt, William Finn, Mercedes Rule, Gavin McLeod. Wow, that's a lot. The Redetsky. only person who shares birthday. my birthday is fucking Donald Trump. Pardon my friend. Oh gosh. Flag day. Well, guys, we're we're out of time. Seth, yeah, guys, don't thank forget you so to much. vote for Biden in nine weeks. Absolutely. I want to bring up something too because we. I said last week I was like, this is not supposed to be a political podcast, but I take it back. Um, it can't not be a political podcast. It's an ultra gay podcast. Being gay is political. Pop, being a pop diva is political. I don't think um, you're going to have pop many music is political. Biden yeah, fans. exactly. Uh, I'm a Biden, and I'm actually a Kamala music Harris is political. Fan. Race, yeah. the, the race. Or within at the pop very music. least, we won't have. Or at the very least, we won't have anybody listening who's a Trump fan. That's, that's for sure. But um, it's very important that everyone gets out. That's and vote really good. Thanks for reminding us. Elections turn on, you know thousands of votes they're very slim well thank you for coming on seth have a wonderful day yes thanks seth it was great wait seth tell us your handle your instagram at sethbh.com follow him for awesome awesome content and go and go to his fundraiser at love quirks you can also follow the show love quirks at love quirks yeah twitter facebook instagram and september 10th right SethBH.com is also my uh, webpage. Yes, September 10th, awesome. 7 p.m. live stream, but you can donate uh, for the rest of your life. I leave these things up forever. <laughs> yeah, good, but yes, the plug. more money we raise for the CD, the less I have to put in myself. Awesome. Uh, well, we look forward to the CD, to the concert, to the reopening. Thanks for having me. We love having you, Seth. And for your puppet musical. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll have to have you again. I'm sorry I lost the original episode where we That's talked okay. about Bernadette and we didn't Peters mention and Euphoria. Bette Midler this time and Bette Midler. Oh, we spent an hour talking about Bette Midler and Euphoria and uh, Bernadette Peters. Next time. This is just proof that we need to have it back true. on. That's we'll yeah. true. We'll, we'll, we'll try have not to lose this footage. I'll try not to lose this footage. Back it up. Okay. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Seth. Wait, <laughs> and and, uh, and I guess in summary, Miss Piggy deserved to 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 dump the frog. Because yeah, Miss Piggy could do whatever the fuck she wants because she has established herself as a go-getter. <laughs> and watch the new show on Apple uh, TV. 
no, no it's on, on Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Watch the, her new show on Disney Plus. Up it's now. I liked I it. it. It's it's like it's it takes place via Zoom, which I think was really smart because they can film it anywhere in the country. Well, uh, really I'll smart. I'll get a free week at some point and I'll catch up. Yeah, on it, it. it's a sketch comedy show that takes place that's filmed like via Zoom. All the Muppets are on different Zoom screens, which makes sense because they can film it from anywhere. They can put it together for as many seasons as they want, no matter how long the pandemic is going on. So, cheers to them for for thinking of that. And I like got, the show Cheers too. It's a good show. <laughs> Everyone likes Cheers. I'm rewatching it. Mom, there's a diva. <laughs> um, but thanks, Seth. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you. Found me on I feel really stupid for losing that first content, but looks like we got some new. Well, it's all right. This that. ended up being a cute little episode. Yeah, and uh, and I'll I'll see you again. Oh 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 oh! The sound of Britney Spears brewing her coffee means that it's time. <laughs> that it's time for the uh, up and coming diva of the moment. Who's having a moment in the moment we are having right now? Yes. Yes, it is Netta. Netta. I don't know how to say her name, but she won Eurovision last year. Oh. Yeah, and uh, she just came out with an EP, and it is amazing. The song Cuckoo, I cannot get it out of my head. Um, It's brilliant. Go online, go listen to her song Cuckoo, go watch the insane video. Um, I just think that she is the the future of pop music. Oh, and she makes a cameo in the Eurovision movie with Will Ferrell, which you should totally see. I watched it with my dad, and we laughed the whole time. It's been it's been real, Danny. I hope that you have some fun uh, pig play this week. I actually have a date after this, Whoa. so we'll see how that goes. Nice. Yeah, it's my first date. Uh, my first date during since quarantine. quarantine. Are you gonna wear yeah, a mask? Like, I said ever. <laughs> Am I gonna wear a mask? I mean, I'll wear a mask like going to and from. I think I'm not sure. I think we're gonna go eat. So, so you're gonna take off your mask. So does that mean you're gonna make out? I don't think so. No. Are you scared to make out when I'm like? No, I'm not scared to make out. Like, I feel like if I'm going to catch COVID from my date, then it's going to happen anyway. Like, yeah, it's like going to happen. Yeah, but like, um, but like, no, I just, I don't know. I have like a thing. I'm like really big on good breath. So, so take some gum. I like feel weird. Like, I mean, yeah, I'll, whatever. I'll see. Oh my God. I always we'll, carry around. We live in the, I actually didn't realize it's so funny that we're, we're meeting up in the city, but we actually live in the same area. We live like, oh, then you should have meet in walking. your area so that you can uh, go back to one of your places. I said that, but then, the, no, 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 no. But I don't think we're going to do that. I think uh, that I'll, I have I'm a question for you though. We're running out of time, so we can't really talk about it, but uh, we'll bring go it up ahead. next time. I have the question for you. Sex on the first date, because you're, it sounds right now that even if you really like him you're not going to have sex on the first date but i've always been of the feeling that if we don't have sex on the first date there's never going to be a second date oh i don't feel that way i mean i i'm okay with sleeping with someone on the first date but um not because it's like like, not because i'm like this awful person that's like oh you didn't sleep with me yet but i just i just noticed that if there's no chemistry like that then it's like you're never going to get a second date well, but that's why you have to ask yourself, are we not having sex because there's no chemistry? That's different, you know? There are sometimes when if I really, 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 like, had a really great first date, I might even say, hey, let's not sleep together. And let's wait, because then you kind of build up the but sexual you don't tension. Think and that then that's when you a finally lie. Have I feel sex- like if someone said that, I don't know that I would believe them. I feel like the word, the actions are in... I don't know. I feel like you have to, you have, I feel like you kind of both know when. I also think it's different. I mean, well, unless, yeah, I mean, unless unless there's saying hello, it seems like sometimes. Yeah, kind of. Uh, (laughs) But um, I don't know. We'll we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll have to talk about it because we're out of time. But But, um, I'll see you next week, Danny. Absolutely. Love you. All right. Stream smile. Bye. Bye.